Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. We hope you be blessed by the preaching of the word by Bishop Dak Hewitt Mills. I want to thank Pastor Kong for inviting me to be here. It's a great blessing uh, to be here. I have seen your church on TV and uh, I'm honored to be here today. He is my brother because we have the same father. When I walked into the office today and I saw Dr. Cho's picture, my heart just warmed uh, because he, he's, he was our great inspiration for church growth uh, in the ministry for so many years. I've been going to Korea for many years and um, been blessed to, to learn from his feet and the very first time I went to Korea, Dr. Cho invited me to sit by him at a dinner. And that was the beginning of uh, a special door to my life and ministry. And through Dr. Cho, I met with Pastor Kong Hee, and, um, and I'm here today. So what a blessing. Amen. Now, uh, City Harvest Church is a blessed church. Um, one of the very difficult things in the world is to grow a church, to make a church grow. Not all churches grow. Some churches um, just don't grow, no matter what you do to them. And um, you, can, you can water them, you can weed them, you can poor fertilizer, they just don't grow. So what we are seeing here today is a great miracle of God's power and a great work. Yes. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. So it's a great fruit and work here for years. And I know that uh, you know something by the fruit, the fruits. And so that's how come, that's what I recognize and that's what I see. And so I want to congratulate Pastor Kong here for a great work. He has been a faithful pastor. And when I, when I, when I, when he came up on stage and started to speak this evening, I, I immediately saw in the realm of the spirit, the pastor, the shepherd, the lover of the people, the one with a heart to care for the people and to care for all their problems and to care for what they need, you know. So that was beautiful. And I saw that just a few seconds that he was on stage. And I want you to know that you are blessed. You have a great pastor. God has blessed you with... He has, he has stood here with you, worked with you, preached to you, prayed for you. And that's a, that's a great blessing. So I honor you for the great work that you've done, your wife standing right by you all these years. Tonight I have a very important message. Amen. And uh, my message is um, losing, suffering, Sacrificing and dying. 
ว้าว I have a book that I wrote some years ago, and that's the title of the book: Losing, Suffering, Sacrificing, and Dying. Wow. One time I took this book to America, and then they said, "That's a horrible title." <laughs> so they they threw it out. So, but this is one of the finest and most important things that we have as Christians. And so I want to share with you: these are four spiritual appointments for every Christian. Yes, every Christian has these four appointments, and it is important that we add to our theology and to our teaching and to our ministry realities of losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. These are all Bible words. All right, are you excited about my powerful message? <laughs> you should be excited. <laughs> You'll be excited by the time I finish. Don't worry. <laughs> Luke 14 and verse 26. It says, "If any man come to me and hate not his father." And his mother, and his wife, and his children, and his brethren, and his sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is our Savior, and Jesus is the one we are loving and following. Amen. And Jesus. Does not lower the standards for anybody. If Jesus said, "If anyone come to me and and hate not his father and his mother, his brothers and his sisters, his mother and his father, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple," then. If those are the standards, when Jesus said, "If anyone comes to me, let him take up his cross and follow me," and Jesus does not lower or change the standards for anybody, Amen. Amen. So, if you want to be a medical doctor, there are certain things you must go through, and that is why medical schools are accredited. Everyone who becomes a medical doctor must go through certain things. All right, you must do what we call anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, internal medicine, surgery, etc., etc. Because if you don't do those things, you cannot be called a doctor. You just cannot, right? You can't just have your own your own medical school and have your own ideas. <laughs> All right, and uh, because it's it's that's not a doctor. So to be a disciple for Jesus, to be a disciple, 
right? There are some standards, and there are some things that we have to go through. We have to accomplish. And that is not, Jesus is not going to lower the standards for Singaporeans. And he's not going to lower the standard for City Harvest Church. And he's not going to lower the standard for anybody. If any man come to me, any man, anybody come to me. If anyone wants to be my disciple, if anyone wants to bear the fruits that I want him to bear, to win the lost, and to do the work of God, these are the conditions. And there's no exception. No matter what you say, and no matter who preaches what, forever. So, very important, I want us to see, because in this message, which is really about the cross of Jesus, because if anyone comes to me, let him take up his cross, right? Inside this message is our blessing, a great blessing of fruitfulness and of all the things that God wants us to do, we will accomplish them and you are going to be blessed. So number one, let me just show you your appointment with loss and losing. Listen, if you're going to follow Jesus, you will lose something. <laughs> you, you cannot, you cannot be a Christian without losing something. You cannot bear fruit. We cannot evangelize the world without losing something. So, Matthew 16, 25, and these are the words of Jesus. He said, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. So there's nothing like Christianity without losing something. I have lost something to be here. I've lost something to be a Christian. I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. And there are many things I have lost that I will never get back on this side of eternity. Yes. And you, because there are people here God has called to be evangelists. And preachers. And there are people here, there are, there are people here who are called pastors, but even though you are a pastor, these four appointments are awaiting you. In fact, they are waiting for you to fill your form to apply. <laughs> apply to lose something. So let's keep marching on. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. What did he say? He said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Paul said, I lost. I lost them. I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge 
of Jesus Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss. I want you to keep noticing the word loss. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but down that I may gain Christ. Can I have an amen from somebody? I do count them but down that I may gain Christ. That's Paul. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered, I have suffered loss. That there are things I've lost. To gain Jesus, you may have to lose a boyfriend. Oh, yes. To gain Jesus, you may have to lose a position. To gain Jesus, you may have to lose an opportunity. He said, yea, doubtless, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I do count them but down that I may gain Christ. Can I have an amen and a clap for Jesus? Hallelujah. Number two, your appointment with suffering. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29, suffering. He said in verse 29, for unto you, listen, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe, not only believing in Jesus, but also to suffer. When I stood here in the realm of the Spirit, I sensed suffering. I, God showed me a smell of suffering that this church has suffered. You have suffered some things. But what he's showing you here is that it has been given to you not only to believe. You are not just a believer. You have also been called to suffer. It's part of the calling. Listen, I'm so sorry to tell you, but I'm also happy to tell you because I'm happy that God is not going to leave you out. Listen. <laughs> you see, I heard somebody saying something. It was in America, TBN. And they were saying, well, I thank God I was not born in Africa. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thank God I was not born in Africa, you know. Blah, 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 talking. And you see, people feel that, you know, if you are in this place, you are going to suffer. And then these people are not going to suffer. You know, if you are maybe in America, you will not suffer as a Christian. Or if you are in uh, uh, some other place, you will not suffer. But you see, no matter who you are, and no matter where you live, and no matter whether you are in Singapore, whether you are in Switzerland, whether you are in America, it says you are called not only to believe, but also to suffer. No matter where you are, there will be some kind of suffering that you are going to see. 
Yes. Hmm. And, I, and, and, and I'm glad that God is not leaving you out. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. He said, I, we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Jesus Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith so that no man should be disturbed by these afflictions. All right? For you yourselves know, look at the underlying part, that we have been destined for this. We have been destined for this. You see, there's different kinds of suffering. You know, just like there's different ways to kill a cat. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> you know the different ways to kill a cat. Oh, yeah. One day I met her. I, I saw a man in a, somebody's house, and he was sitting down quietly. I said, I asked, who is this man? He said, oh, he's coming to catch. There was a, there were a lot of cats there. He said, he's coming to catch them. I said, really? He said, they're all they're wild cats. The man had a net and a club. Hey. The man was wild. And he comes every year to kill cats. Yeah. And I do, I'm sure you, you, you don't know the way that he kills them. You can shoot them. You can poison them. You can drown them. You can use a net to catch them. And what else? Injection. But all ends up being caught. And all ends up dying. Yeah. And it all ends up in the same. But it's different, a different way. Your suffering may be different from my suffering. But you will suffer. If you are going to be a Christian. How many want to be Christians? How many want to follow Jesus? Look at the Bible. It says, for we have been destined for this. And even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. We kept telling you. But you you don't believe it. Wow. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter might have tempted you. How would the the, the tempter tempt? The tempter will tell you that the suffering you are going through is because you are a bad person or there's something unique. You know, everything we experience, we, we can't believe that the person sitting right next to you has the same problem and even worse. Yeah, you can't even believe it. So, suffering is an appointment that we are destined for. Amen. Acts 14, verse 22. Confirming the souls, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must. Am I allowed to come downstairs? Are you sure? I need a visa eh? or permit or certificate or license. We kept telling you that through much tribulation, we must enter. Let me tell you something. Tribulation is a door in the realm of the spirit. It's a what? It's a door. It's because tribulation is a door 
That's why tribulation causes you to enter places that you would never enter. Yeah. Tribulation is a door in the realm of the spirit. And through tribulation, you go to places you would never have gone to if you didn't suffer. There are certain things you would never think about until you suffer certain things. You, you, you have to suffer certain things before you know. For instance, you wouldn't know, for instance, that there's a, there's a group for people who have cancer of this place. Cancer of the eye. Or cancer of the fingernail. You wouldn't know that there, there's, there's a special group that meets. How will you know? Because you never had that. You don't even know that there was such a disease. But when you have that sickness, you'll find out that there is a special group that they have meetings every Friday. Yeah, they meet every Friday in the evening. But it is through your troubles that you enter into the will of God or into the kingdom. So I don't know what tribulation you've been through, but I came to tell you that through much, not not a little, through much yeah. tribulation, we must enter. Yes. Yeah. And you see, I saw it in the, in the realm of the spirit. I saw suffering and tribulation. But it, because, you see, there's a, there's a smell in the realm of the spirit. When you meet someone who has suffered, you know. Yeah. Suffering and tribulation is God's will for you. How many have heard of Derek Prince? Have you heard of Derek Prince? Yeah. Derek Prince has a little book called The Grace of Yielding. It's an interesting book. It's a short message that he preached, The Grace of Yielding. And Derek Prince said something. He said, he said one day he was watching television and he saw a pastor. And the pastor was talking about his, his ministry. About how God is using him. He has this number of members. He has uh, this number of souls. His church has grown to this size. He has written this number of books. And the prince said, as he watched the man, you can read it in his book. He said to himself, All these things this man is saying are nice. But one day, it's not going to be about what he has accomplished, but it's going to be about what he can allow and what he can go through. One man of God said something. He said, it's not what what um, what you call an accomplishment But I said, what have you survived? That's what he said. He gave three things. He said, what have you been through? Number one, what have you suffered? Number two, and number three, what have you survived? He said, that's what I want to know about you. Not uh, how many books you've written or how big is your church or what is whatever. But what have you suffered? What have you survived? And what have you been through? Oh, yes. Write it down. What have you survived? (laughs) What have you suffered? And 
What have you been through? Oh, yes. So it is nice to be a 25-year-old pastor who is coming up in the Lord. But one day, it's going to be about what have you survived? Because I don't think God is going to allow you to be the high jump specialist of the world. When he gives us six meters to jump, and when it's your turn, he just brings it down to two meters. And then you, you get a gold medal with two meters, and I have to jump six meters like this. Somebody's got to be crazy. If the Lord gave me six meters to jump, I don't see why he's going to give you two meters to jump to get the same crown. Yes. Through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom. Number three, your appointment with sacrifice. Romans 12, 1. So it's losing, suffering, sacrificing. All right? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Every person who comes to God must sacrifice something. Amen. You're going to sacrifice. You're going to make a sacrifice. Now listen, how many have heard of Abraham? You heard of Abraham? What about Isaac? Jacob? Noah? Have you ever heard of any of God's great servants who didn't make sacrifices? No, think about it. You've heard of Abraham, you've heard of Jacob, Noah, Solomon, David. Who, which, which person who served God didn't make and present sacrifices to God? There's nothing like that. There's nothing like serving God without sacrificing things. Yes, there's nothing like serving God without giving. You know, when I came here, I knew by all means, at a point there's going to be an offering. Because there's nothing like a church without offerings. There's nothing like serving God without giving up and sacrificing, making sacrifices for God, for the church, for the ministry. And all of us must know that sacrifice is an inherent part of Christianity. Whether from Abraham, even Adam, um, what's his name? Adam's children, what are they called? Abel and Cain. It was a sacrifice, remember, where Cain didn't bring the right sacrifice. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. Cain brought salad, you know, to, for, for sacrifice. And God said, I don't eat salad. I don't like salad. You get it? And then he was angry with his brother. Yeah. There was sacrifice. When Noah came out of the ark, he also sacrificed. And when God smelled the sacrifice, he said, I will never flood. I won't drown people again. God changes, I won't flood, I won't drown anybody anymore. There's nothing like God without sacrifice. And so when we come to Jesus, you're going to have to sacrifice. When God called me, you know, I, I, I was a medical doctor, and he wanted me to put down the medicine and be a pastor. And I mean, almost all my, my classmates 
I mean, they, they all live in America. That's where they work, most of them. Because it's quite lucrative to be a, a doctor in America, you know? Yeah. My, my roommate, who, my, who was my roommate in university, he's in New Jersey. Yeah, that's where they all, they, all, they, all, they all live there. They've lived there for years and working there. God told me, you, got to, you give it up. Put it down and, and put it on the altar. Serve me. I'll look after you. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, my wife's mother... Ah, she was not happy with that because I had just married her only daughter. <laughs> so she was, I mean, she was going crazy over that. She would come to me, she would talk, listen, you have to go back to the hospital, you have to go and work, I, I'm going to, uh, you have to do, she kept on and on until one day, I told her, because she was a teacher, so we, we didn't call, we don't call her by her name, we call her police teacher. So I said, please teacher, please. From today, don't talk about this again. I cannot. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I had just a small church in a classroom. And all my members were students. There was no important person in the church. All the members were poverty-stricken students. <laughs> there was not even one car. Nobody had a car in the church. Oh, yeah. And I said, this is what I'm going to give myself for, to pastor these people. Amen. Yes. And I said, I'm not going to know America. I'm not going to anywhere. I'm going to stay here. And I'm going to be a pastor because I believe God wants me to do this. Yeah. There is nobody who serves God at a certain point, without having to make sacrifices and to sacrifice for God. Yeah. Now, sacrifice is the difference between pastors. In John chapter 12 and verse 24, you see that Jesus got to a place where he said, the seed must die. And I'm going to come to that. But before I do that, let's talk about your appointment with death. He said, if in Luke 9.23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me. The cross is the equivalent of the electric chair. Do you, do you execute people? I, I, do you have a death penalty here? Is it electric chair? Hanging. Okay. <laughs> so, when we wear the cross, it's like wearing an electric chair. Yeah. Or the needle, or the hanging, whatever. It's the method of killing. Now it's like jewelry, but it is actually the method of dying. 
That's the cross of Jesus Christ. So when you take up the cross, it is a cross. The cross is the way you are going to die for God. Amen. So God wants you to come to this place where you are going to make losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying is going to be part of your life. And that is when the change comes. Now, in John chapter 12, I want to show you something. It's in, he says in verse 23, and Jesus answered saying, the hour is come that the son of man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, if it dies, if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Amen. If it dies. So, God wants us to pay a price. Amen. And Jesus got to the place where it was time to die. You know, Jesus could have continued preaching. Why did he stop preaching? Why, why did Jesus stop preaching? Why didn't he travel beyond Israel? Why didn't he go to other places in the world and preach? Because the preaching was not going to save the people. The blood of Jesus would save the people. It was the cross and what he was going to suffer that would save people. That is where the power is. So the Bible says in John 12, 24, please put the scripture on if you can. It said that unless the seed falls into the ground, it abides alone. So this was the point. Unless we go into the ground, and when you go into the ground, the Bible says the seed will fall. So there is a falling process and then a dying process where you disintegrate and then you come out bearing much fruit. Yeah. So when I started our church in, um, in Ghana, I mean, nobody wanted to hear about us. It's like, who is this guy, medical student who started a church? And we were like outcasts. And in a little classroom somewhere, I was preaching. But that is the falling and the dying process. And you disintegrate. Nobody knows you. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants to be associated with you. Yes. And you disintegrate. And I believe this church has been through dying. Disintegrating. Breaking down. Where you are broken down. You are broken down by the, by the suffering or by the process. And after that comes the fruits. Amen. And without the dying, 
There's no fruit. So we've never had a church like this before in the world. Large congregations, Bibles available, e-Bibles, knowledge, books written, great speakers. But we've never had a time like this where the church is actually declining. And the power is going out of the church. Because people are not prepared to do anything for God. People are not prepared to die for Jesus and to lose anything for Jesus. We need people who are ready to give up their lives. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Go ye into how many places? All the world. You see all those countries that we showed in the video? I've never never been to those places. You know, people think Africa is just one little town. You know, it's, it's a huge continent. You have to fly for hours, just like Asia, to get to another country. But many Christians are not prepared to suffer, to go as missionaries into the world. I personally haven't met any Singaporean missionary in Africa. Yeah, most, most countries in, in Africa where I have been, I, don't, I, have not met, I, I have not met any Singaporean missionary there. And I've never met a missionary from almost all the countries in another country. No one goes beyond his borders. Meanwhile, Jesus told us, go ye into all the world. And it's like, oh, somebody else will go there. Or we'll send television. But when the church was powerful, when the American church was really powerful, you go anywhere, you find assemblies of God missionaries in every country, all over Africa. I'm telling you, in Ghana, in anywhere, you find obedient, they were ready to die for whatever it is that they they believed. Yeah. You see, and that thing has been taken out. Yes, we have powerful people on TV, but nobody's prepared to go anywhere. (laughs) Nobody's prepared to go anywhere or to do anything. The maximum is to be in the choir, to be in a dancing group, to attend church, to warm the pews, but to go. He said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. So we have the large churches. It's like having 10,000 children in your army as against having 10 soldiers, 10 warriors. The church is made up of a large sea of little children. You can't send anybody. The church must send or it will end. I said the church must send or it will end. Where are your missionaries? Why, why do you assume? Why do you assume that missionaries must come from, from where? America's closing down their Bible schools. Yeah. It's our, it's our 10 
to send missionaries to the whole world and to see the whole world as the field. So I came today to preach to you. You see, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. That's where there's power. There's preaching, but there's no preaching of sacrifice. And so there's no power. There's no power to change. Power to move. Power to win the loss. You, you see, sacrifice releases power. Every religion knows it, that. Sacrifice is important for power. So you find that Christianity have thrown out the cross. We are the ones who have a savior who went and gave up his life. I don't know anybody else who has a savior who said, I'm going here. When I go, they're going to kill me. I'm so I'll, I'll die tomorrow. Who has such a savior? We have that savior. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And Jesus said, you take up your cross and I take up my cross and follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. So today God is calling us. You see, we, we, we know all the scriptures. We, 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 have, we have the bread. We have the word like we've never had before. But now God is calling his church to pay a price. And when I say sacrifice, I don't mean give money. I don't mean give money and I don't mean giving tithes. I'm talking about putting yourself into the offering basket. Yes, I'm talking about giving yourself. Giving yourself to God. Give yourself to Him. I'm talking about giving yourself, your, the, the human being. You know, one time when God called me, I said, Lord, I will serve you. I will follow you. Uh, but, you know, I, I will go to America, earn a lot of money, and give to the church. That's what I thought. But the Lord said, no, I don't want you. I don't want your money. I want you. Yes, I don't need your money. I don't, and I found out that God doesn't need my money. Yeah, God doesn't, that's, God doesn't care about my money. He, he, he needs me. One time I met a man, he, he didn't have a thumb. He just had four fingers. So I asked him, where is your thumb? He said I, it, it got cut off in a factory. I was working. But he said, oh, I'm very happy to lose my thumb. I said, why? He said, oh, because I got 80,000 pounds for this thumb. Yeah. So I thought, 80,000 pounds for this one. So how much, how much is this one too? How much would this one be? 160,000? Two, uh, 240,000? And then five thumbs will be what? Five fingers will be what? 400,000 pounds. That was about 30 years ago. Then how much would be the whole hand? And how much would be this hand? And what about the leg? And another leg? What about your kidney? And your stomach? I realized that I was very valuable. Yeah. Now, if you put the whole body... Is you, giving yourself is far more than giving $5,000. Yeah. So God wants Christians to give themselves. Yes. And to give yourself. And I want to say to City Harvest, you, you know your name is very prophetic. Harvest. If the world had 100 people, there would be 60 of them here in Asia. Yeah. You're, most of the people are here. 
God is waiting for your crusades. Your big mega evangelistic crusades across the whole of Asia. God is waiting for your missionaries. You missionaries to go from here. Huh? Into every nation in Asia. To build churches in every town. All over. From Taiwan to the last corner. And to move to Europe. And move to Africa. And to move to Honduras. And to Brazil. You are not clapping about Brazil. It's too far. Matthew 28. Go ye. Go ye. Go ye. Go ye. Go ye. And I tell you. That is when the greatest blessing is going to come in the church. Look at the American church. They are our fathers. They traveled. Pastor Gunaratnam, I'm sure you know him. And all these people, they've been blessed by American missionaries who gave their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you come to Ghana, I'll show you a cemetery made up of only Swiss and German people. Yeah, my mother is Swiss. And my mother told me when she was a child in Basel, in Switzerland, she remembered they, they used to have a basket, and they say, for missionaries in Africa. Yeah. And they used to give money to help missions in Africa. Today, Switzerland, there's no church there, hardly. But in Ghana, we are 75% Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, how many of us want God to use, how many want to give yourself into the offering basket today? Not your, your wallet, but yourself. Stand to your feet, let me pray with you. Are you blessed by this week's podcast? Tell us at connect at chc.org.sg.